And then we're on, you know, the not Disney ship. And I thought, okay, as long as I don't have to hear the horn, <laughs> right? The, the when you wish upon a star. And lo and behold, of course, Disney plays it loud and proud as they should. And I just sat with my cocktail on the top deck and thought, this is just, I'm in the wrong place. <laughs> <laughs> DCL Duo fans, we want to take a minute to thank our amazing sponsors over at Touring Plans Travel. We use Touring Plans Travel to book our own fabulous Disney Cruise Line vacations and love the experience and service we get from our travel specialist at Touring Plans Travel and know you will too. So if you're looking to book your next fabulous Disney Cruise Line vacation, Disney vacation, or really any cruise or land-based vacation, head over to touringplans.com travel for a free quote. Let them know that the DCL Duo sent you to help support our show, but we're confident that you are going to have the same great experience that we do when we use Touring Plans Travel. So thanks Touring Plans Travel for sponsoring the show and now on to our episode. Welcome back, everybody. This week's episode of the DCL Duo podcast. And this week, we are excited to be bringing you a former Disney cast member, a former Walt Disney World ambassador, Carrie McPherson to our show. I want to welcome Carrie. Welcome, Carrie. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Yeah, we are so excited to talk to you, Carrie. You are what we would classify as a Disney World expert. And so we're really, really excited to talk to you today. <laughs> Thank you. Carrie, you and I met when we were doing a show for Chad Pennycuff over at My DVC Points, and you were a fabulous guest over there. So we're excited. To Thank talk you. To you. Yes, I'm super excited to just to speak with both of you. Thank you for, for inviting me to do this. We always like to start our show, Carrie, with folks' Disney background, as we call it, your connection back to Disney, which I know yours is extensive. So I think you're going to give us a little bit of the abbreviated version, but why don't you help folks orient themselves uh, to who you are? Certainly. I Yes, I will do the abbreviation because we'll be here till tomorrow because I was a 20-year Disney cast member, but I started out in the 90s on the Disney College program. So I go back even well before 20 years. Like a lot of us and a lot of Disney fans, I grew up loving Disney and especially loving Walt Disney and the wonderful world of Disney and kind of that very wholesome Mickey Mouse Club and, you know, the Mouseketeer sort of culture. I loved it. And I had just so many dreams of like dancing down Main Street and being in parades and whatnot. And my career could not have taken a different turn of what I wanted. But I started in, in um, 2000 and I actually worked for the Disney Cruise Line. So it's a perfect like segue into the D DCL duo. Um, I worked for the Disney Cruise Line for about two years back office. Everyone always says, what's I was not on a <laughs> ship. I was, I was boring back office, but still making magic. So I was part of the reservation team. This was when we had just one ship in the fleet and we were getting ready to launch the magic that summer. So I got to really see Disney Cruise Line just grow up and love it. Just it's one of my favorite ways to vacation. And But I, I just love the culture of Disney, the leadership, the people. And so I stayed for 20 years and you mentioned earlier, Brian, I was a 2008 Walt Disney World ambassador. That was sort of a little girl dream come true, just sort of like dancing down Main Street. I didn't quite do that, but... <laughs> pretty close. Pretty close. I got to represent the company really all around the world. Go to I went to Tokyo Disneyland for the 25th anniversary. I was so fortunate to do an Adventures by Disney, the fairy tale adventure in Germany, and then, be, and then stay local here and do a lot of things local here in the community and, and with our cast here and, and out in Disneyland. And so that 
that was definitely a highlight was the 2008 year. And then since then, I, I worked for DVC as well. I was a DVC sales guide for many years. And that's kind of how I got connected here with World of DVC, you know, later on, but loved working for DVC and at Saratoga Springs and meeting all kinds of families. And then went on to kind of end my career as a sales manager with a little known club called Club 33. <laughs> and that was uh, uh, <laughs> the, the, one of the one of the not so best kept secrets at Disney. But I was a sales manager for Club 33 and on the uh, opening team. And then COVID hit and uh, I was uh, um, alongside the 28,000 who, who were laid off. But I landed really well here at the World of DVC. And now I'm a uh, sales and marketing director with DVC Rental Store and the brand ambassador. And Carrie, how many, how many Disney cruises have you been on? I'm curious. You know, I didn't count until... The wish was being launched, for, you know. The announcement <laughs> came, and, and then they they did they did that chart. Forced with, us all done, to count. Yeah. Yes, it forced us all to count. Right, if you've done this many cruises, you can book this date. So I said, "Oh my gosh, I haven't done really that many. I've done probably about eight in my time, which, in the grand scheme of twenty years, that's not a lot. I need to get back out <laughs> cruising, most definitely. <laughs> but um, yeah, so not many, not many, but. It's one of my favorite ways to travel. So you're in the you're in the lowly gold booking window, like we are. <laughs> yeah. Oh, are you? You, we you are, are too? We are. Our love of Disney Cruise Line really started in January of 2018. And we've since done six Disney cruises and we have just had one cancel. But without that canceling, we have like four or five planned. It's just so exciting. It not it like once you step on that ship, then you realize why you just can't step on any other ship ever again. I Just a real funny story. We had done a, a cruise, only Disney, and then we went to a different cruise line and I won't say which one because it, it's not a bad cruise line at all. But my deal was as long as I don't have to see the Disney cruise ship, I'll do it. Well, we sailed out of Miami and of course the ship in front of us was the Disney <laughs> ship. And then we're on, you know, the not Disney ship. And I thought, okay, as long as I don't have to hear the horn, <laughs> right? The, the When you wish upon a star and lo and behold, of course, Disney plays it loud and proud as they should. And I just sat with my cocktail on the top deck and thought, this is just, I'm in the wrong place. <laughs> I'll try to have fun, but I just don't think I'll have as much fun as I know they are going to have over there. Carrie, I wanted to spend some time talking about your role as a Walt Disney World ambassador. Can you help folks out there understand what that role entailed? You talked about it a little bit up front, but what, what was that role? Yes. So this, this role actually was started by Walt Disney in 1964. And the reason why it was created was Walt Disney was doing a lot of different projects. He had the 10th Centennial, 10th Centennial of Disneyland. He was uh, in the New York area at the time, debuting at the New York World's Fair for new attractions. And he was kind of surveying some land here in Orlando for a little Project X he had coming out in the next couple of years, as we now know as Walt Disney World. He couldn't be everywhere at all times. And so his executive board said, we should hire somebody to speak on your behalf. And so Walt said, you know, let's hire a spokesperson. And it was one of his executives who said, let's hire an internal cast member. Who better to speak on the Disney company than somebody who works here and understands it and lives it and breathes it? And so, you know, even better because a paid spokesperson is good at reading the teleprompter, but they're not necessarily living and breathing 
what the guests are living and breathing and the cast members are. And so they conducted a an interview session. And it's so funny because when Disneyland picked their first ambassador and Walt Disney World, when Walt Disney World opened in 1971, their first ambassador, you had to be a woman. You had to be 28 years of age or younger, and you had to be married and promised to remain unmarried your entire tenure of, of service, which that would never wow. fly today, as we know, right? Isn't that crazy? Unmarried woman, 28 years or younger. Yeah. And and now we've seen all kinds of, you know, different people who've become ambassadors and men now could be, you know, for many years, many years that we've had, we've had male ambassadors, but back then that was the, that was what they wanted. And so Julie Rehm was the very first, she was, her, her title was Miss Disneyland, Tencennial. And if you go to YouTube and kind of look up some of the old Disney archives, she actually appears with him, with, with Walt in many of the wonderful world of Disney. And She's got her little suitcase in one of them, and he introduces her and says, she's, Julie's going to fly around the world to talk about Disneyland. And that's what she did. So she flew on the, the Mickey Mouse plane all around the world on behalf of Walt Disney and Disneyland and really just shared what Disneyland was, and she brought great good news. And so it was determined after her success that every Disney park would then open with a, an ambassador. They changed the name and ambassador in place. And so our ambassador at Walt Disney World was Debbie Dane. Um, she was a tour guide at Walt Disney World. She worked on Hotel Plaza Boulevard. There's a little small building that still exists. And that was like there where you could come and you could tour what Walt Disney World was going to be. And, you you know, the, the ground wasn't even laid yet. And you could tour, you know, the models of the contemporary and the Polynesian and see what Magic Kingdom was going to be. So she worked there. And then she toured Lillian Disney around Magic Kingdom. Can you imagine with a hard hat on? walking Lily and Disney down Main Street. But my role, I, I had found out about the ambassador role when I was doing my college program internship and a friend of, of our team of sort of admins who were helping with the college program, she was a finalist. And so we all went to cheer her on. And this is when the castle was pink. Remember the 25th anniversary when the castle was pink and it was a, bit, it was a birthday cake? I was cake? there. Were I was there? there for the 25th so you, have, you have the unfortunate pictures. I have, I have pictures. <laughs> I still have, I think, a t-shirt somewhere from that, from the 25th anniversary. Yes. And so that was 96. And it took me 10 years to really get the courage up to interview. So it was 2006 that I went for the first interview. And I thought, well, kind of at a point in my career where I want to meet new people and I could brush up on my interview skills. And I kind of took like that professional development, you know, road to on my own. And um, little did I ever think I'd make it to the finals and then make it to the final finals and stand on stage and, and lose. I lost my very first year. It was very humbling to stand on stage and hear somebody else's name called. And, you know, you do your polite, gracious loser clap <laughs> and then you exit to the stage. And, uh, <laughs> and so but I remember Debbie Dane and now she's known as Debbie Dane Brown. She came up to me at that ceremony and she hugged me and she said, please come back again next year. And I remember thinking, oh my gosh. So I said, okay. And so I thought, well, I have to now because she, she, she noticed me. My parents were there. My parents said, you, you go back and do this again. You know, you'll get it. You know, once you know what you're doing, this, <laughs> this was, was just practice. like a total shot right, in the dark. Right. right. This was practice. And so I went back the following year and I thought, just make it to the finals. Don't, you know, don't strike out bef before you get to where you were last year. That was the that was the fateful year. So it was 2007 that I was named for the 2008 ambassador. 
it was just a dream come true to be able to represent the cast members, you know, here at Walt Disney World. We did a lot of, I just say we, because it was a team of two of us as myself and my co-ambassador T.C. Newman. Together, we did over 3,000 events in one year. We traveled all around the country. I get asked a lot, what was your favorite event to do? And we were so fortunate to take part in children's hospital visits and just bring a lot of light and a lot of love and a lot of happiness to these kids with Mickey Mouse and Minnie. And then my absolute favorite event of all of them was an NFL halftime show with the Make-A-Wish Foundation. And uh, that was so special. It was the Denver Broncos and the Carolina Panthers up in Carolina. Mickey Mouse, Minnie Mouse, and myself were the had, had the halftime show. And if you would have told me at 10 years old, you'll be a halftime show, I would have said, what? All I knew of the halftime show was Michael Jackson, you know, at the Super Bowl. <laughs> right. <laughs> it was a little different of a crowd, but it was just the coolest thing to be able to. And what we were doing there was we were announcing to these very special children that their wish to go to Disney was coming true. And, uh, it was fabulous. Oh my God. I would have been bawling. So it was it was an amazing year. And um, I mean, it was so long ago. It was 2008. I still think of it and I, I talk about it because it feels like it was yesterday because it was just so special. I can't believe 3,000 events, Carrie. How do you even like, how? I mean, in one year, the, so like you're talking like 10 events a day almost, or I guess nine a day. My my mom used to say, you, you meet yourself at your front door. Like, when do you sleep? And we, and we, you know, this role was only for one year. So you just say every day that you're tired, you're like, no, no, no. This time next year, you're not going to be doing this. And so you've got to just figure out, you know, the rest of it. So, you know, do you have a personal life that year? Kind of not, but I don't regret any of that because it was then you're missing an event. You're missing something and missing something special. And yes, there were the fabulous Make-A-Wish, you know, halftime shows that was just unbelievable experience. And then you go over to a simpler event where a cast member is being recognized for their, their wonderful work in the quarter and they win a quarterly award. And that's the biggest thing to them. And so you go and and you help celebrate that cast member. And so for me personally, I'm a very positive, lighthearted person. I feel very strong and I'm very empathetic. But I, I, to me, a job that where you deliver only good news, I was like, okay, sign me up. I'm good with that. I don't, I'm not, I don't, I don't need to be delivering, you know, the hard hitting facts over here and, you know, annual report. That's kind of not my strength, but, you know, to go into a room and, and really celebrate with people and make people feel special. It was, it was fantastic. And, you know, another great event that we did was some the cast activity events. And so we they would do like a Goofy's mystery tour. So Disney's Hollywood Studios would close down at around six o'clock and reopen at 8 p.m. just for cast members. And cast members could run around and solve clues. And these were like hard clues to solve. And you'd have a group of like maybe five and they were tied together, like bungee corded together. So first of all, I could never do that because don't bungee cord me to somebody else. Like that's, I need my space, <laughs> right? And especially now in the time of COVID, right? Like six feet, six feet, please. But they would run around and they would have to solve clues and answer trivia questions. And then we would all meet at like midnight at the Beauty and the Beast Theater. I was one of the, I was a hostess for that to announce who the third, second and first place was. And you had this theater full of these cast members and they all had their team names on their t-shirts or wore hats or something. And so those were always fun events to do because the cast, as we know, gives so much of themselves to the guests and every single day of making magic. And so 
be able to make magic for them and um, see them just really letting loose and having fun. And uh, so we did some fun things like that. And then we we were so fortunate to have breakfast with Jay Rizzullo at the time. He was the chairman of the board. And he said, you know, we just launched this thing called Adventures by Disney. And I think it would be a really good experience if you guys would go and market it, do some marketing videos for us. So would you like to go to Germany? We said, yes, please. Don't cry. Don't freak out. Be professional. And we said, thank you so much. And and then he we had our breakfast and then he left the room. And of course you scream and freak out. And you know, that was an amazing experience to to experience an adventures by Disney. I'm I'm sure in your role, you must have met some interesting people and perhaps even some fun celebrities. Are there any fun stories that came out of the the people that you got to meet over the the year that you were in your role? You know, yes, we do. A lot of Disney cast members, you do get the chance to meet, you know, some of the famous names that are out there. And as Disney cast, you are trained to every, you know, every person is a VIP that you don't ever ask for. Well, at that time, it would have been an autograph. I'm totally <laughs> dating myself. Now it's a selfie. <laughs> but, you know, you never make a fuss. You let them enjoy you know, their time at Disney. And, but I remember when I was an ambassador, we did the, we did a children's hospital visit up in Indianapolis. But so we went up there and you learn really quick, you know, when you do these hospital visits that the best day is when you're done by like noon, not just because your day is done, but because that means the hospital wasn't crowded. And that's always a great day. And so we walked into Peyton Manning's children's hospital which was by far one of the most superior, beautiful, just technology savvy, cool places to be. If, if, if a child has to be in a hospital, Peyton Manning's hospital is the place to be because it's just the coolest thing ever. So we had went in and I was with one of our leaders. He was the leader for Mickey and Minnie. And so we went there, you know, we, he and I were joking, driving over there saying, you know, do you think Peyton Manning will be here? I doubt it. You know, and for those who don't know Peyton Manning, he was definitely yeah, close to Peyton Manning. The football is, right? player. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> yeah. 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 Right. And now he does the commercials. I forget for what insurance company, but he's so funny and he's so charming. And um, he's just Eli's brother. (laughs) (laughs) It's a great connection. (laughs) Yes. And so we walk in the front door and and, um, we were always greeted by a nurse. And so she came out and she said, you know, it's going to be a great day. We we don't have a lot of children here. We said, oh, that's so wonderful. So she said, you can really just take your time and play and have fun. And we'll do like a thing in the activities room with Mickey and Minnie. We'll do a dance party. We said, oh my gosh, this is just going to be the best day. And jokingly, I said, the only thing that would make it better, you know, is if Peyton Manning was here. And she said, well, he is. (laughs) And so we all said, oh my gosh, now we have to be cool. Like Disney training, Disney training, Disney training. Like you can't be freaked out. Even though, and then we were like, well, we're not at Walt Disney World. It's okay to like take a picture with him, right? Being, no, that's not still not okay to do that. (laughs) So he comes around the corner and he, Minnie Mouse is just smitten beyond smitten (laughs) with him. And we all were. And he is just as tall and a presence as you would think. And he was so, I think he was, he was even more excited that Mickey Mouse was in his hospital. <laughs> I was wondering if he wanted to as, take a picture yes, with Mickey. <laughs> he, did, he did. He said, this is the coolest day ever. So he said, why don't we tag team it? And so I'll, you know, go in the rooms and then first and then, and then I'll leave and you guys can come in second. So we said, oh my gosh, this is like, <laughs> we have a big job to do because we have to, you know, go after Peyton Manning, but also we have to hold it together. And so now we're all friends. We're like, we're friends with them. It's cool. Like, don't, don't be starstruck, right? We're friends. I would always have to go into the room first. If the nurse would say, you know, to introduce Mickey and Minnie. So the nurse would go in first to make sure it's a good day, you know, to have visitors and whatnot. But this was a little different because Peyton, Peyton really was in the room first. So he, he left the very first room. He he left, he said to the, the little boy, buddy, you wait. 
I have the coolest guest for you. You just wait. Okay. They're coming right around the corner. I'll see you soon. And then I walk in like what a disappointment, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I walk in in my, a red suit with a, with a, a gold pin that says ambassador and my name tag on. And you could just see like the families were like, what? Who, who is this? Who is this? <laughs> right? We're supposed to be excited for her. And so, you know, I would say, now I know that I'm not really who you expected, but, you know, my name is Carrie. I'm from from Disney. And I brought a really special friend with me. And then Mickey and Minnie would walk in. The dads especially were like, oh my gosh, Peyton Manning and Mickey Mouse in the same moment. Like, you know, heads are exploding. And so that was the coolest experience with, you know, someone well-known. Well, shifting gears a bit here, Carrie, I want to talk about your thoughts around Disney Cruise Line. What have been some of your favorite cruises that you've been on, Carrie, and, and what keeps you coming back to Disney Cruise Line? Yes. So the working for Disney Cruise Line, my first Disney cruise was a training cruise. And so, you know, no one felt bad for me and my family when I said, I have to go on a three-night cruise to learn about this product. They were like, nobody feels sorry <laughs> for you that you have to do this. But I just remember, I so I stepped on the ship new as a cast member by my, you know, with my team. but. Our trainer had us step on one by one by one by one. And you don't understand if you've never been on it, why they would do that. Then when the cruise director called my name over the microphone, when you step in the lobby and says, you know, the Disney Wonder welcomes Cruise Line guest Carrie. And I thought, oh my gosh, like you just felt so special in that moment. And then they made a, they made a, a moment to say, you know, these that once we were all together, they said, these are the new Disney Cruise Line. Uh, we were reservationists. We were just taking, taking reservations at the time. And so from that moment, I thought this is my first cruise experience and this will be my only cruise experience with Di- because I don't want to go anywhere else. I think Disney Cruise Line does such a phenomenal job of making every guest feel special, included. Just the attention to detail on the Disney Cruise is unsurpassed anywhere, in my opinion. Um, I don't have any children. And while I love children, I don't want children in the adult spaces. And I think Disney does a phenomenal job of just sort of corralling the kids and they have a special time as well. And then a place for families and then a place for families with no children. I just think nobody does it better than Disney. People people always will say to me, oh, Disney Cruise Line, I don't know if I want to be on a ship with that many children. And I say, well, yes, but think about Disney for a minute. Who better to entertain the children? And they're like, oh, yeah, that's true. Who better to entertain everyone, let's be honest, right? I mean, that's so we have a, a son who's now seven, and we have sailed with him, and we have sailed without him. And we sail on Disney Cruise Line Either way, <laughs> I think you hit the nail on the head. They they entertain adults just as well as the kids, and they do a really great job of making spaces that are really geared toward different different types of families, making spaces that are really you know kids only, families only, or sort of I should say families uh, of lots of different kinds together, and then you know adults only spaces, which are really amazing. They do. I think their nighttime entertainment too is is so fabulous for adults where if you want that nice piano lounge or the champagne bubble room on the dream, if you want something a little more lively, if you want a game show, if you want, you know, more of a karaoke or a dance club, there's so many different things to do that you really feel like, well, I forget what the name of the club, the lounges on the dream. It's the one where, is it Skyline? Where the, the, the Skyline yeah, Skyline Skyline um, is both on the dream and the fantasy and where the, where the cityscapes change. Over, yeah, yes, 
I love yeah, that. Yeah, we love one. it too. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And the the the, uh, the champagne room, which I can't think of that yeah. either. Oh, that's There's, terrible. Uh, pink is on one of the ships. I can't remember which. And Ooh La La. I think Pink is on the Dream and Ooh La La is on the Fantasy, I think. Yeah. I've been on the Dream. I haven't done the Fantasy just yet. You, you talked about your first time setting foot on the ship, which I agree. If uh, anyone out there is listening and they haven't been on a Disney cruise before, that first footstep on a Disney ship is amazing. What was it like the first time you set foot on Castaway Key? Oh, Castaway Key, another special place, right? Oh, Castaway Key. Again, just like I've done, been able to do Castaway Key kind of with, you know, the adult only area and then Serenity Bay and then also the family side. Both are equally just wonderful. One just is quieter than the other. We, I'm trying to think, I can't recall. I think, I think we had friends on board one of the ships that had small kids. So we said, we'll do Serenity Bay for a little bit and then we'll come over and hang out with you guys in the family side. But I was amazed by how big ca- uh, Castaway Key felt as far as what to do there. It's really not massive. What has been your favorite itinerary that you've sailed? Have you done only the Bahamian cruises, Carrie, or have you gone Caribbean at all or any place else? Yes. So Bahamian and I did a Eastern Caribbean. So Eastern Caribbean by far was my favorite. I'm not a big fan of Nassau. So we usually just stay on the ship. Um, yeah, I think that's one of the best kept secrets that I don't like to tell too many people about that because I'm like, no, no, get off and see it. Yes, absolutely. And then you kind of have the ship to yourself. But that's usually Nassau's usually like a spa day, you know, or a day just just enjoy the pool or just, oh, I just love it. But the, the Eastern Caribbean was phenomenal to be on the ship for seven days was so special. I want to do a European cruise like the Mediterranean and the Panama. I think a Panama Canal crossing would be so cool to do. Oh, and Alaska. Oh my yeah, gosh. Right? And Hawaii. <laughs> yes, all, all, of them. Them. all of them. All of, them. <laughs> all of the cruises. I know. I know. Well, anytime you sail, Carrie, you let us know because we would love to have you back on to hear about oh, your experience. Oh, I would love so. that. So, uh, Carrie, shifting gears again over to Disney Vacation Club for a few minutes. I'm curious, since you were a, a sales guide for DVC, I find that to be such a fascinating role because it feels like such a low pressure sales scenario all the time. And I'm just curious, what, what were your impressions of being a DVC guide? Yes. Well, you're right about that. When when DVC first came to be, Michael Eisner uh, was a CEO at the time and said, no, no to timeshare. No, we're not doing it. It's not Disney. You can understand why it didn't have a very good you know, experience and culture wasn't known for, for being honest. You know, so, so anyway, so the, the powers that be said, well, what if we make it very low pressure? And, you know, and he so he finally agreed, long story short, he finally agreed and said, if I receive one letter of somebody saying that they were high pressured into this, it's going to be shut down. So I love that because it, it was part of, again, what makes Disney so different, that attention to detail. We're going to do things a little bit different. We're not going to go with the grain. We're going to go against it. And that's what Walt loved to do was really to reinvent the wheel. And he did it so with so many things. So I remember with DVC, I had my real estate license and I thought that just is a no brainer to me to hang my license with DVC. I knew it wasn't going to be a hard sell. So I thought, I hope that I'm, a, I hope that while I am a kind of a softer sale of a person, I hope I'm not too soft where I could pass the interview and actually get the job. And I was so excited to to be considered and and offered the position of, as a sales guide. It's really just about finding out, you know, what the family enjoys to do. It's storytelling and sharing what DVC is and what DVC isn't, and then matching up 
something that would work with a family. The family says, well, we're from overseas. We only travel every other year. They don't need a ton of points because they can buy maybe 150 and just bank them. And every other year have 300 nice points to use and stay in a studio for two weeks. A family who says we're here every other month. Well, you may want to buy some, you know, you might want to look at at a higher point package or start small and think about adding on. And so I love that you got to build relationships with people. And um, I looked at DVC as a way to, you know, not just extend the magic, but create happiness again for people. Because to me, the conversations around the Thanksgiving table, the, you know, the birthday table, the, the car rides, it's usually about recalling memories and sharing stories. And when you put, when you look on social media, your memories are pictures. And if they're your family at Disney, that, that sends a, a little, a little twinge usually through people to say, gosh, that was a great trip. We probably should go back. That's what I loved about it so much is I'd get the, re- you know, the repeat DVC members that would come back and say, okay, we're hooked. <laughs> add-on-itis. Okay, we've, <laughs> we have, a, yeah, add-on-itis. We have 100 points. We need 50 more. You know, even with the DVC rental side now, you know, those people who say, ah, kind of not ready to take the leap or I'll never take the leap. I always want to do this route. This is another way that they can, you know, experience the magic of DVC. I'm curious more specifically about what you think about this direction that DVC is heading with the um, the resale restrictions? Because you work in a rental market or you work for the DVC rental store, I should say. And uh, I know that's affiliated with the resale market. What's the impression from the outsider's view of these resale restrictions on resorts like Riviera and, you know, suspect that they'll continue with new resorts like the new resort tower they're building out in Disneyland? Yeah, what's, what's your impression? I, you know, working for the company for so long and now not representing the company, I've personally had to do some work on myself to say, it's okay to not agree with everything <laughs> Disney does. <laughs> it's, okay to, it's okay to have a different opinion. And I think for Disney, you know, when we were, when I was, I was a Disney recruiter for seven years within that 20 years. And um, there's, a, there's a purpose of why I'm telling you this. It was 2010. And I remember specifically sitting in a meeting and we were talking about, you know, recruiting on college campuses. So I recruited for the Disney College program for 7 years and we were talking about social media. Facebook had just kind of really hit big time. I don't believe Instagram was a thing just yet. I think Twitter was, but it, so it was just kind of, you know, something new. And I re- I remember specifically our leaders saying, "No, we will not be involved with social media. That's not where where Disney belongs." And as recruiters, we thought, we think we do because this is college students and we need to stay current on what the college kids, how they're gaining and getting information. So then about two, about a year and a half later, two years later, we, we were under the direction to say, okay, now we're going to test social media. But by that point, Facebook's glitter was sort of falling off a little bit because Instagram was there now. And I sometimes feel that Disney is slow to warm up to things instead of just asking those good discovery questions to find out. I don't really understand this, so let me find out more about it. So I'm not a fan of the restrictions with Riviera in in a nutshell. And I finally am to a place of like personal life where I'm like, I can say that and be okay in in saying that I I disagree with it. And I I feel like it came from a place of not understanding the benefit of, you know, of, of the resale and understanding that resale will never hurt Disney. DVC is DVC and DVC resale market is there to help people, you know, buy something, buy a contract and experience the magic for less, add on to a contract, but they're still going to go to Disney. 
and they're still going to spend money and they're still going to buy a ticket. I wish that Disney would rethink about the harsh restrictions. So I, I just tend to disagree with that because I think that you have this group of people that love Disney and love Walt Disney World and Disneyland and Disney Cruise Line and the Adventures by Disney. They're going to spend a ton of money at Disney. And that's the thing. It's like, like you said, it's not, Disney's not going to lose money on, on any of this because these folks are, they still have to buy food and park tickets. And the more you need the t-shirt and yeah, you need all of the stuff, the Christmas ornament, you know, to, to go along with it. And now being a guest on the other side of it, I think, mm, I kind of wish that they would look at us as more friend than than foe. <laughs> I'm curious, Carrie, one more thought on the rental market side or one more question I had for you is, do you think we'll start to see changes on the rental side in terms of, you know, right now it's fairly standard price per point. The owners get paid a, a flat amount, you know, regardless of where they own, depending on if it's within their 11 month booking window or not. But do you think as they add these restrictions that certain resorts might become, frankly, more valuable because they're won't be as many points in the system to rent and people will want to stay there? I'm thinking like right now, Riviera, very few owners at Riviera, not few, but you know, not as many as at some of the other resorts seems fairly desirable for people to stay there. When that new Disneyland resort opens, I could see that also being a, a pretty advantageous place or desirable place for people to stay. You think, do you think anything will happen in the rental market to start to differentiate these resorts or do you think it'll just continue more of the same? I think that's such a great, a great point to bring up. I have not internally heard of anything changing as of right now, but I have to think just kind of with the demand of those resorts that are a little bit more, you know, higher in demand, whether it be on the, the the monorail, Riviera on the skyline, and then of course Disneyland, which Disneyland, Grand Californians, always kind of a, a hot commodity. So I think it's such a great thing to keep our eyes on. I think with COVID, you know, one of the things that we did from a DVC rental store is we learned huge lessons about what business looked like before 2020 and what business needed to look like after 2020. But prior, we didn't have a cancellation policy built in. You purchased your, your rental agreement and you could opt in for, for cancellation insurance or opt out. We now have that built in. So you're going to pay about maybe $2 higher a point. We're not going to be the lowest in the market. And the reason for that is because of that in embedded cancellation policy. So if for any reason you need to cancel, you will get either a full credit, a partial credit back to you to use within two years. And I think we will start seeing, you know, with the with the the more higher demands, the monorail resorts, California, we might see a little bit of an increase in that. We haven't just yet. Yeah, but I but I I can I can kind of see where that that might that might shift that way. Directionally, Carrie, what do you think about the direction of the parks and the cruise line that you're seeing? I mean, lots of new attractions coming online, lots more IP going into the parks. Some people are, I love it. Some people are, I hate it. Lots more IP going on the cruise ship for sure uh, on the Wish this time around. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, So yeah, what what do you think? I think as long as we keep up to date what we have. You know, don't throw the, the baby out with the bathwater for something new. You know, as long as I'm such a an old school Disney girl, I went to Disneyland, I think I was maybe 12, 11 or 12. So that was my first Disney park and I just loved it. And then coming to Walt well, Disney World, I was 16 at the time. I just remember back then everything was just like pristine and perfect and painted and, and, and it still is to a point, but I feel like Disney can do an even stronger job at keeping up what, what they have instead of always looking to build what's new. That being said, I know we have to look towards the future as well too. And I think some of the new attractions, Tron, Ratatouille, Guardians of the Galaxy, super cool, you know, to keep up with the trends and what people are wanting today. So 
that's always my opinion is that the future's great. Walt Disney always looking forward, moving forward. But let's not forget about, you know, the, the history that we have over here and preserving that and taking great care of that. And with the cruise ship too, you know, don't forget about the magic and wonder. They're the little ships now, you know, they're the, they're the little guys, but they were the first. And so you got to respect that, that they really, you know, to be cheesy and, you know, total pun intended, they set sail for New Horizons, you know, oh gosh, it's a Sunday. I love it. <laughs> but, I love know, it. Yeah. But now for the dream and the fantasy and the wish to come. And so, you know, we always want to kind of look at, I think in today's society, something sparkly and pretty and beautiful, but let's not forget to honor the history of where we came from. Carrie, your sentiment will have lots of takers for Expedition Everest fans. Hashtag fix the damn Yeti. Um. <laughs> Yeti. Oh, the poor Yeti. Oh, he's been yeah. <laughs> I, and I totally agree with about the magic and wonder. Although I will say we probably all have to start preparing ourselves mentally for the day that Disney is announcing that those ships are being retired because they're they're getting a little long in the tooth. I think many cruise lines would have already traded them in, but Disney is thankfully holding on to them for now. So, But we have reached that point in our show, Carrie, where I am going to shift over and throw it to Sam for what we call our rapid fire round. So Sam, do you want to take it away? Yeah. So Carrie, this is my favorite part of the show. I always tell our listeners and our guests that there are no rules for rapid fire. So what I mean by that is this is just your personal favorites. And I'm going to do parks focused rapid fire. But first, we have to ask you just your some general Disney favorites. So what is your favorite Disney or Pixar movie? Oh, Toy Story. The first one. Love it. Love Mm -hmm. it. Favorite Disney or Pixar character? I have to say Dory. Oh, I love yeah, Dory. Yeah. This is another hard one. What is your favorite Disney song? You're killing me. <laughs> no, there's so many good ones, right? When You Wish Upon a Star, of course, but I'm going to choose from Peter Pan, You Can Fly. Oh, such a good song. Yeah. I love it. it. To me, that's a song of empowerment. Oh, I love it. Yeah. Okay, now this is a really controversial question. <laughs> Disneyland versus Disney World. Oh my gosh. I think my internet just went out. Did it go out? No. Okay. <laughs> oh no. Um, I'm going to say Walt Disney World. You know, you live in Florida, so that's okay. It's all right. You don't have to be an original. She was the Walt Disney World ambassador. Exactly. Exactly. You weren't the Disneyland ambassador. (laughs) Yeah, we get it. We get it. But I love my heart's also with Disneyland. I love Disneyland. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Your favorite Disney park that you've been to, and this could be anywhere in the world. And when I say park, I mean like Magic Kingdom. Magic Kingdom, Tokyo Disneyland. Ooh. Very cool. Favorite land. Does Main Street count as a land? Yeah. Main okay, Street counts Main as Street. a land. Okay, yeah. Main Street. <laughs> yeah. Main Street, no rules to rapid fire, Carrie. You get to okay, pick whatever right, you want. That's true. That's true. That's true. <laughs> I was surprised you didn't go with Tokyo Disney Sea. Tokyo Disney Sea. I absolutely loved Tokyo Disney. We were only there for six days and it was the, and we had so much work to do. And we had, we spent more time on our own at Disneyland versus Tokyo Disney Sea. And so I did love Tokyo Disney Sea, but I feel like I have to go back there because when I mention it, Brian, people then ask me questions and I'm like, I don't remember. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Favorite classic ride or attraction? I'd have to say Thunder Mountain. Ooh, I love it. Favorite modern ride or attraction? Soren. Oh yeah. Which Mm -hmm. one? Epcot because oh. I've been I've been to Dis- I've been to California Adventures Soren a couple times but I I know Soren this I know this Soren like the back of my hand and flights of passage but I know you only said one anything we can fly <laughs> I love yeah <laughs> this could be another controversial one your favorite Disney snack 
So my college program in the 90s, I was food and beverage. I was outdoor food and beverage and I sold Mickey ice cream bars. That's another show because that was the hardest job still to this day ever. I'm always super nice to the outdoor vendors because I know that they have they have a tough job. So it used to be the Mickey ice cream bars. But as I've gotten older, the Mickey pretzel, the soft Mickey pretzel with the cheek. Can you can you do any better than that? Oh, like that's, that's my, my favorite. favorite. Yes, that's the my one favorite. the one that you dip in the cheese, not the one with the cream cheese in it. Correct. Yeah. Yes. The dipping yes. cheese. <laughs> yes. I'm yeah. all about that. That's my mm-hmm. absolute favorite. <laughs> favorite Disney souvenir. Now, this could be something that you, you know, collect, or this could be just like an individual souvenir that you love. Um, my bubble wand. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> what kind of bubble wand do you have? <laughs> I have a, fanta- fan- a Fantasia one. It's blue with the, you know, and uh, when I carry that thing around any part, I I just love to see the happiness that bubbles bring people. And sometimes I'll make like another, if I'm with people, I'll make someone else carry it so I can walk behind them and watch (laughs) the faces of people that they're like, where did these bubbles come from? I'm like, we bring happiness. Yeah. My bubble wand. I love it. (laughs) Love it. And a memorable Disney parks moment. This is the first one off the top of my head and probably because I just saw this picture the other day. But there's a moment when the new ambassadors are named. Every year looks a little bit different. And this we didn't do this when 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 my year was. We did this later. So every ambassador is like part of the three o'clock parade. So you're the grand marshal of the three o'clock parade, which is an amazing experience. And this one year, it was the ceremony. And then right after the ceremony, those ambassadors were the grand marshal of that parade. So usually we waited until the next year, like until your ambassador roles really was in full swing to be the grand marshal. But this year they did it right after. And the purpose of why they did that was all the, the former ambassadors were there, the families were there. And so we stood on top of the, uh, the train station and had a VIP viewing of the, the parade and the grand marshals. So you picture, you know, there's a gaggle of 20 former ambassadors on the train station and Mickey, so that, so the new team comes by it's grand marshals and then the parade starts and Mickey Mouse comes by, but he's up. It was the uh, flights of fantasy parade. So he was in the hot air balloon. So he's kind of eye level with us and he's waving and you can just see the awareness that comes to Mickey mid wave of like, wait a minute, why do all these people have pins on? <laughs> and he starts counting like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, five. And he puts his hand on top of his forehead and then grabs Minnie and points and counts again. And she covers her eyes. And then he covers his eyes and we're laughing and waving and I'm crying like a three-year-old because he recognizes us and he tilts his head outside the balloon. And so I have a picture of Mickey tilted like side, completely sideways, like the letter L outside of the balloon. And he's blowing us kisses and we're blowing him kisses. And you just see, you've never seen a group of adults just dissolve into tears of like childhood happiness than in this moment. And we were like, Mickey recognized us. Oh my goodness. Like it was just the best. It was the best. And I have the picture. Someone sent me of him outside the balloon. And that was, um, I, Nikki's always my, he pulls at my heart no matter what's happening. Yeah. I always feel like we have a connection. <laughs> it was really sweet. Really fun. Well, Carrie, I really appreciate you coming on the show today to share some of your stories and background. I know you are currently in a brand ambassador for the rental store, and you also have a new DVC podcast that's coming out um, or out already, I should say, and, and uh, you're continuing forward. Do you want to let folks know how they can connect with you and the podcast? Oh, I would love that. I So yes, so I my role with the DVC rental store and World of DVC, I'm the um, sales and marketing director for DVC rental store and the brand ambassador. And as the brand ambassador, I do a lot 
lot of these shows as well and talk about DVC rental store and, you know, just really am that the person, I really want to help people understand what we do and how we can help you as well. And then my two peers, Marissa and Derek, we work together at DVC. And so we've known each other a long, long time. And uh, Nick Cotton, one of our CEOs, we've all worked together for years. And so we started our own podcast show on YouTube and Apple and Spotify, and it's called The World of DVC Show. And so it'll be a monthly show. We just aired our first show a week ago today. And I think it's gotten some really good reviews. We had so much fun doing it. And we're all friends. So it's so much easier when you're doing these things with people that you actually like, right? You don't have to really (laughs) fake much of this conversation. It's really fun. But the purpose of our show is really to take people into a, a little bit of a dive into cast member life and sort of share these stories and what was it like? And what was your favorite moment in the company today versus back then? And so we talk on this past show, we did a little deep dive into the difference with Disney look. For those listening, like, you know, listening or watching that show, you'll notice no one gives an opinion on the current state of the Disney look because that's not what we're there to do. But we talk about our experiences with Disney look. And, you know, I talk about how I used to have to, when you'd wear, ladies would wear trouser pants, you'd have to wear a blazer over to cover your hips. And Marissa talks about being on the cruise ship and having to wear pantyhose with shorts and, you know, <laughs> oh my gosh, all these crazy things that ladies, especially ladies had to do. And now it's so different. Then the other piece of our show is we give some market updates and some of the rental store updates as well. And, you know, anything that we think that the listeners may need to know might be good to know. We take audience questions as well. And so we try to get to as many of those as possible. And then we sort of just end with what's coming up next. What's new? You know, what are we working on? Be our favorite Disney moment and just share a story at the end. We do give prizes. We're not above bribing people with (laughs) prizes. (laughs) So we gave, we have these add-on itis t-shirts that we gave out. And we had such a great response. And I think people have so many great questions. So we want to reward, you know, our audience for their time. So we, we gave out some add-on itis t-shirts and I don't know what the prize is going to be coming up next. That's, that's our show. It's just under an hour. I believe our show is just under an hour and you can find it on YouTube, Spotify, or Apple and it's World of DVC show. And I really enjoyed the first episode. So I'm, I'm looking forward to tuning in for the the second episode and each episode thereafter. I understand it's going to be a monthly show. Is that right? Yes, it'll be a monthly show. And thank you, Sam, for listening and tuning into it. That's that's just wonderful. We appreciate that. Well, well, Carrie, thanks again for coming on. We really appreciate you taking the time. Thank you so much. This has been so fun. And I'm just so grateful that you invited me. And thank you. I hope we can do it again. It was such a blast having Carrie on the show tonight. It's so fun to talk to former cast members because they always bring such excitement and joy to the show and Carrie is no exception. So it was really great talking to her and I really do hope we can have her back in the future to talk more about Disney Cruise Line the next time she sets sail, perhaps aboard the, the Disney Wish. So we hope you enjoyed hearing from Carrie this evening. We thought she was just a real blast to have on. So with that, I do have a five-star review that I want to read on the air from Apple Podcasts. This one comes from Janelle3480, who writes, Awesome Disney Cruise Line Podcast. I have been listening to DCL Duo since episode one. The hosts, Brian and Sam, are very knowledgeable about Disney Cruise Line and all things Disney, from DVC to Disneyland and Disney World. Their guests are very entertaining, and I feel like each episode I learn something new to make our next Disney adventure even more magical. This is definitely one of my go-to Disney podcasts. Give them a listen. Thanks, Janelle. We really appreciate the feedback and love that you've been listening to us since the rough days of episode one, but uh, appreciate the review as always ways and love to hear from our listeners. So with that, I do want to thank each and every one of you out there for listening this week. Please remember to subscribe to the podcast so you can keep getting great content from the DCL duo each week. 
please also be sure to head over and leave those five-star reviews. Help us build the community around this podcast. And we want to hear from you. And those reviews are really helpful in hearing from our listeners. If you'd like to send us a question or be a guest on the show, please email us at dclduo at gmail.com or reach out to us on social media at dclduo. You can also connect with us over at our DCL Duo vlog and podcast Facebook group if you'd like to join a conversation with some like-minded DCL Duo fans and cruisers like yourself. And we've got even more great content over on our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash DCL Duo. If you'd like to support the show, you can always join our Patreon community over at patreon.com slash DCL Duo or reach out to the wonderful folks over at Touring Plans Travel and let them know you were referred by the DCL Duo. The DCL Duo podcast and vlog are not affiliated with Disney Cruise Line, the Walt Disney Company, or the Walt Disney family of theme parks. The views expressed on the show are solely those of the individuals on the podcast and in no way reflect the views of the Walt Disney Company or Disney Cruise Line. If you have questions about a Disney cruise or a Disney vacation, please contact Disney directly or your own travel agent. Thanks again for listening and we'll see you next time for another fabulous Disney adventure with the DCL duo. Good night. Good night.